close to my hand somehow and there was barely any clap. That's what she said. Uh, That's good when you have barely any clap. What are you talking about? I didn't say one way or the other. I'm just saying. I barely have any clap. It's good uh, to have no clap. I like to have a bit of a sting. It's it's like uh, it's like spicy food. Like I don't like things that are raging hot. I like things that just have a little bit of a kick that accelerates or extends the the meal. You like a little bit of kick when you're peeing. A tiny bit, just a tiny sting, just so that I know. Ah, I am peeing right now. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. A little discharge too ain't bad. Welcome to Inside Jerks. I'm James. I'm here with Taylor. Hello, I'm Taylor. As always, uh, we're hanging out. Um, I just want to apologize for our last episode. We did a, a bit of a rebranding thing, and it failed completely. So we are never doing that again. I thought we weren't we going to talk worry. about it. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. It was. If anybody really wants to know, it was all Craig's idea. I wouldn't. You know, even even with this thing absolutely failing and and becoming a. Uh, a laughing stock unto itself. I don't want to give Craig the credit of creating anything. Well, uh, we just we just got a bunch of alt right followers on Twitter, and basically <laughs> our entire fan base turned into uh, incels. So I just <laughs> overnight it was yeah it was intense. We actually converted all of our listeners into being incels, which is very weird. In addition to getting like. No, about 7,000 followers overnight. Of yeah, you were really forceful were, uh, yeah, in turning it was, them into incels. I mean, I could have not followed all those accounts as a joke. I don't think they really got it. To all the incels out there, get fucked. They would if they could. Oh, Zowie! Got him right where it hurts. Right in the yep. small penis. Right in the micro penis. I saw something recently, and, and there was a rather small penis on a guy within a, a, a television show, and I. It was it was interesting. It was it was a, uh, you know, the joke of oh I could barely see it really applied this time, and I didn't necessarily feel bad for the person as much as just oh that's interesting, and uh, there you go. That's my penis uh, penis talk. My penis minute. Taylor's penis minute talking about penises. Out. Uh, well, I, I'm just glad my people are getting representation on television. You know, you can't just lump yourself in with a bunch of other people just because you have an inverted, you know, it just stay away from other people. Okay, James, that's all I'm trying to say here. Uh, so, so what are we talking about today? I don't fucking know. We're talking uh, t- today, you know, wanted to get back to the basics. And, and this one, I think we're mostly going to be talking about... Uh, Movies, and oh, how films. some of them work very well, and some of them don't, in achieving a certain aesthetic. And what are we talking about when we talk about this aesthetic, James? Ooh, we're talking about uh, you know, the kind of grindhouse thing that uh, you know, when when that grainy footage works, when it doesn't. I'll say I'll agree with you. I think that is what we're talking about. The uh yeah. the this aesthetic of uh 
to to put it really loosely, this old school sort of aesthetic, this this harkening back to a different time, a different era, where some of these films might try really, really hard to uh, go overboard with the neon-drenched aspect of something to make it 80s, but not really understanding that, you know, the the 80s wasn't all just rain and neon. Uh, There's a lot more to it. Or somebody, yeah, like like when Grindhouse came out in 2007, which, by the way, I was very stoked for. Uh, that was probably the first movie that I saw three times in theaters, uh, for some reason. And, uh, you know, I've been obsessed with exploitation since I was a little kid. Exploitation films, exploitation, all this stuff. And to have two of my favorite directors at the time be making a double feature. And it worked out really fucking well. And I, and I had a great time with it. And then immediately after, people thought, oh, that's, that's a really neat thing to do. So then they would start adding scratches and stuff to you know artificial scratches and and making it sort of schlocky and it fails because you're not coming at it from a a genuine sort of place i feel yeah yeah for not having like an an original love for those movies or not taking the time to um you know to go into to research that well it's like i'm sure they've got a love for it yeah the the research and, and the understanding of okay why was it that these films, uh, you know, the look of them were all fucked up and, and things were warped and some of the sound was messed up. Well, the bottom line was these movies were made very cheaply and very fast. And, you know, so you you, you can't have control over the uh, mistakes as much as let those mistakes kind of happen. It's it's like as if you're, you know, maybe I'm, I'm typing an email to somebody and as a joke, I want to misspell a bunch of things. So I don't really think about where my fingers are going and I misspell a couple things here and there and I just kind of go with the flow in a way. Uh, does that make any sense? I don't think so. Never mind. Well, I I think a lot of it too comes from like almost this DIY element where they didn't have the proper tools to like cut film to edit oh, things exactly. out. So the film's getting dirty because it's just like open on a table, and instead of using like you know the proper scrolling equipment to freeze yeah. a section of frame to cut it to move it over to splice it together, you know, it's just someone who's just like looking at this film negative and just making cuts with the razor blade. And it's just kind of, you know, the film is not, um, you know, properly cleaned or anything like that. It's just getting dust and getting like, you know, there could be problems with the developing of it as well. And like, yeah, you end up with this, like, you know, really fucked up thing due to it. Like just, you know, not using proper equipment, which is like, no, it's kind of the same thing. Like when you look at, um, you know, garage rock and like early punk. Yeah. Like when you hear this perfectly pristine sounding music that's supposed to be like recorded in a garage, like yeah. on a phone or just with like a field recorder in the middle of the room, like it has a much different feel than if that band like goes into a huge studio. I mean, talked about it a couple episodes ago like fiddler's first album is dirty as hell yeah and then the newer albums is just like so clean and i think it you know it affects the way that the music is even written because it's like oh you know we could do more stuff but like it's the idea that like less is more well you could see that in the black keys like i love the black keys yeah uh, definitely up until you know the last album that i really 100 percent loved was like attack and release um and they you know, started out with uh, just the 
the most grainy sound and just perfect, perfect, perfect sound of, of just it was dirt. Four track on tape. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. And not to say that when they got more production value or, or you know, they produce things a little bit differently. Not to say that those are bad necessarily, but it, it takes away from one of the key aspects of why I loved it so much. And um, you know, sure it's just aesthetic and it doesn't really mean too much when it really comes down to it musically. Um, but for me, I feel like it's very important. The same with these films that have the correct the the that that sweet spot, I'll say, of of balancing the sort of uh roughness, rough around the edges quality and balancing that and understanding where these movies came from and and actually have a sense of uh like a vintage quality rather than retro, you know, cuz retro, let's say you can buy a a bicycle light that's a retro bicycle light and it just has like the look of something that's mid-century modern but has like this weird weird bright blue light on it or something and it's far too clean whereas you know something vintage actually has a, a patina to it. Uh, yeah. To to have to to make a to present a movie with patina uh, when done the right way is is fantastic in my book. So what what do you think we should talk about first here? Well, I did want to go back to uh, yes, the Black please. Keys a little bit. Yeah. So with go their back. you know their first few albums, I mean Attack and Release was uh, produced by Danger Mouse. So that was like kind of that transitional period. Um, There's still a few songs on Brothers that I think are pretty good, but those original albums, they were meant to be, they were recorded in a way, and even Attack and Release as well, they were recorded in a way for them to be able to play them live with just two people with no added instruments. Like just just drums and guitar, maybe a little bit of bass thrown in there to fill out the sound, but otherwise it would be... You know, fully playable, just the two of them. Yeah, which um, is great. Which, yeah. And that, um, like, a band that did do that well, that did, like, transition into that and even into, like, a full band uh, would be Ween. Like, their first mm-hmm. few albums, they had extra, like, they had, like, a drum machine and then guitar and vocals. And they added a few extra instruments, but it was all recorded on a drum machine, and then they would just play the drum machine live, nice. like, with... Uh, you know, additional instruments and just play it as a backing track. And then it fully translated. They kind of never forgot those roots and it fully translated on their later albums into like, you know, having this full band and they never like strayed too far away from that. They just got better at writing songs, like rather Mm -hmm. than trying to create this, like this, um, this image or this like likeness of this, like kind of garage aspect thing. They're like, you know, now we can finally use all of these instruments and they just, you know, further their sound versus like trying to maintain some sort of like, uh, you know, garage aesthetic. Sure. Like what the Black Keys did. They just completely, you know, moved on from it and they're like, okay, now, you know, now we have a full band. Let's write music for a full band. Like I am all for bands evolving and transforming and i mean that's what you have to do in life and in any sort of like creative endeavor um is change because without change then you become stagnant and with stagnancy you have death but um with let's say like the kings of leon like i love those first two albums there's such a down home country it's sort of like a credence vibe uh but but dirtier boozier sexier 
Um, and then once they up their production to have huge ambiance and like uh, I don't even know how to how to you know almost orchestral sometimes where it's like no that's way too big for this band that should just be these down home boys like again like I I don't want to shit on anybody who likes who who wants to change their their shtick but I mean it obviously worked for them and I don't even call right. any musicians sellouts because isn't that the fucking goal to like make money so here we are but yeah, to, to like have... franchise your workout to go into syndication yeah. if you will <laughs> franchise your workout i yeah mm. i i normally put on a loop uh your sex is on fire uh as a loop for when i'm working out uh what do you mean by working out Are well you talking about cranking it um I do have a really old car. Are you talking to your penis up. and saying your sex is on fire? We, I mean, I do, you know, you got to have that little, that little uh, taste of the clap. <laughs> you got to have that tinge. You got to have that slight, uh, you know, irritant. The tingle. The tingle. Uh, yes. And so my penis, while uh, working out, um it reminds me it's almost as if it's singing to me uh saying your sex is on fire i am your sex i'm your sex organ and i am on fire sir don't you forget it uh and then my my hand recoils a little bit just and only to to slow down and come right back and to you know grip even even more intensely and remind my sex that hey you know what I'm uh, I'm I'm Nero, and I'm gonna let this town burn. So films, movies, I've seen a few. Me too. Tight. Um. So this is a he's a controversial figure in the world of film. Who's that? Harmony Corinne. Oh, this guy. Yeah, I know. I uh, just just came out with Beach Bum. What'd you think of it? Let's do uh, let's do thoughts first. What, what did you like? What did you not like? So my, I was really interested in this movie because who isn't interested in a movie where McConaughey is just has free reign to do whatever the hell he wants, basically, right? Yeah. Um, and I was super interested, but the thing that sold me on it was an interview uh, that I came across some YouTube rabbit hole of, of like Jimmy Kimmel or something. It was McConaughey and Snoop Dogg, uh, both on this talk show. And they were talking, and I think they were both fucking real high. And they were talking about the character of Snoop Dogg's character, who uh, whose name is Ray, which is short for lingerie. And that made me <laughs> so fucking excited and so happy that they would they would actually use that and just go along with it and just have how much fun they were having and, and the way that the chemistry that these two guys had just on this talk show where they're they're high-fiving each other and laughing and goofing off and just on the exact same page that made me say all right let's watch this and uh watching it i wasn't disappointed i got exactly what i i i uh think i wanted which was again mcconaughey yeah, we... in all his glory of just no shirt all movie and uh just getting nuts getting drunk and high and yeah crazy. we uh yeah we should uh say that uh we watched this separately but i mean i don't know how friggin zooted you were but i was on the moon when i was watching this movie and i i don't smoke that often but i was just like 
puffing away on a vape pen, like, hard, like, really chuffing. And I got so fucking high, and movie was fantastic. I mean, it's got the, like, the the Harmony Corinne uh, classics, the, that, uh-huh. like, like very drawn out repetition and like that that poem that he reads is fucking hilarious like (laughs) his award-winning his award-winning poem that's just like about uh oh man what was it he's like he like he's like looking in the mirror and he's like i'm not sure um I wonder how to feel about my body, and then I realize I love my body because it's been inside of you twice today. <laughs> Whoa. He... <laughs> and they say it like the poem is recited in its entirety like five times in the movie. And yeah. Like, and everybody loves it. <laughs> it's a great poem. It's a real, like, you know, beat poem in a way. And, and it, I right. want to know, and I'm guessing Corinne wrote it, uh, but I, I want to know more about it uh, and, and how they, who put all this together. And if there was a writer's room or something, because some of that stuff is while silly and sort of like a send up to uh, the popularity of this sort of like slam. I don't want to say slam poetry, but you know, poetry and, and, in popular culture, let's say, especially these yeah. days, um, it 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 hit the mark without going too far into like tongue in cheek shit, and 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 there are a couple lines in these poems that were just like, oh fuck, this hits so well, yeah, uh, and he he pulls it off perfectly as well. I mean, that just just the way the cadence. I mean, this was written for McConaughey, you know, right? I I think much like. Uh, this feels a lot like how Tarantino uses like Robert Forrester and Jackie Brown, where it's like somebody who's technically hasn't acted in a long time or something, but is, is such a just, you know, he's writing for this actor in a way. And I'm not saying that McConaughey is anywhere like just off the map movies wise, because he's been destroying recently. Uh, but this felt like Harmony Corinne saying like, I think I want to make a movie with Matthew McConaughey. What the hell am I going to do? Oh, this beach bum. Where a guy's name is Moondog, and yeah. he's and he's 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 blitzed out of his mind, twenty four seven. What a fun well, and movie! That's, that's also yeah. You mentioned that of an actor who hasn't been around in a while. Martin Lawrence is in it playing oh, yeah. a uh, captain of a dolphin watching boat, but he thinks <laughs> sharks are dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> And, like they're out on the boat and then he chums the water to attract yeah. dolphins uh, <laughs> i i will say uh you know there, there are parts of that that you're just talking about where i don't remember it and i realized well i was really high while watching this so yeah to answer, to answer your question i i looked at some dab stuff that i had and i'm like you know what i don't need a i don't think i even want this stuff anymore and i and so i just <laughs> I smoked a regular bowl of marijuana, but uh, I was pretty lit, as they say, as the kids say. I I was lit, as they say. You know, all these kids when they're, well, you know, when these kids when they're talking about like, oh, I'm gonna get high. They say, oh, I'm I'm gonna get lit. I'm lit right now. You know, uh, just how the kids say it. Yeah, but uh, 
yeah, overall, it was it was enjoyable. I might have to watch it again, like not high, and just be like, "What the fuck am I watching?" I'd like to watch but it again. That's also like I don't know. That's also what I like about his movies that you are just like, you know how how is this a real thing that you know that did get made and how did this get made? Not affiliated with us, um, but they are friends of the podcast. Um, but just the fact that that could, that he could get McConaughey to do that. Well, I mean, it's just like, yeah, man, just be yourself, <laughs> you know, like did, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Snoop Dogg have to like, you know, maybe they just got super fucking stoned and like ripped on rum. Like it's, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it a lot and I think I'm going to find, you know, different things that I enjoy if I watched it. No, not super high. Yeah, I, I think that's I mean, what it really comes down to. It's like I'm just gonna enjoy different parts of it and analyze it differently. Yeah, I I feel like this was a. I I feel like a this movie is an example of so many that are coming out these days, and in, in the best way. There's so many movies that have been uh, love letters in one way or another to either. Uh, a certain person or a certain genre film or uh you know like like i i'm not gonna stop talking about once upon a time in hollywood like like talk about being high and watching a movie and needing to watch it again i didn't care for once upon a time in hollywood too much when i first saw it um it took me a while like took me some distance of it to, to be thinking about it alone just being like no you know this did really work out but i need to watch this again i need to pick up on some more stuff and that alone is just such a love letter to Tarantino's own childhood in LA um in the 60s late 60s and and I feel like this is the same sort of vibe which is just this is a perfect era in a way and this could be um what's the word that I'm trying to find it it could be generalized in a way and sort of like uh there's a there's a blanket of okay this is this is what we love but underneath it is just sort of this caricature of things but has but less of a character i don't i don't know what words i'm trying to use right now maybe my brain is just starting to melt much like the titular character the beach bum moon dog <laughs> but uh it's a good movie yeah i liked it yeah it was good <laughs> i do so did you like it yeah i liked it i i liked it i liked it too um, should we move on to our our next film? I mean, this is kind of well. We're gonna, you know, kind of go around with, you know, kind of comparing and contrasting things. But I think if we just kind of run down movie by movie, um, and then like you know, well, kind of sure. make it a you know, make it around. Um, so next one, uh, the Love Witch. Yeah. Well. The Love Witch. Okay. Now tell us what this one is about. So this was, I think it was released in 2016. It centers around a, um, a, uh, like kind of this woman who works with like sex magic. She's an artist. She, how would you spell sex magic? Um, Ooh, I don't, there's a big debate on whether or not it should include a K or not. 
I think, you know, whatever kind of magic you do, if you want to throw a K in there, whatever, it doesn't really matter. I mean, magic is magic. I say this is definitely a K. You think it's a this K? This is sex magic. Yeah, you think it's a K? I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, she's dealing with like left-hand path there for sure. Like she does not have, you know, it's not like her intentions may be good, but she's definitely like a murderer for sure. Sure. <laughs> um, well, let's not get too far yeah. into it. Although, although one of the very first scenes shows the, a, a death of somebody, I guess. Right. right? Um, and yeah, whole thing is filmed on 16 millimeter and it's just got this really like washed out kind of Argento feel to it. Like the reds are so fucking red and that's what I'm talking about. And and just to bring it back to (coughs) Grindhouse real quick, the, the idea of shooting on 16 millimeter versus shooting on digital and then like applying a filter to it. There's, there's a warmth and a softness that comes from real film, obviously, and especially like a small format film that, that gives it just the right amount of glow for this fucking movie um and that just reminds me of grindhouse when we have the fake trailers in between where you've got rob zombies werewolf women of the ss which is clearly like some some of these some of these scratches and stuff last for more than one frame they last for like two or three frames sometimes it's so digital and it feels so weird whereas for Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, he took a reel of actual film and threw it from a balcony and dunked it underneath like a pool water and stuff and like took it back out and let it dry by itself. And so it got all wrinkled and scratched up and it just, it was real because it felt real because it was real. And much like this movie, like you could have done this another way, but they chose uh, to stick with a 16 millimeter and janky zooms and stuff like that. And it's so, so good. This is the kind of stuff that makes me cream. That, oh man, I totally forgot about that. That Thanksgiving trailer is so fucking good. I wish they really made that movie. Yeah. It's so. That was that was too, my favorite the part time, it... of the entire Grindhouse experience. Like that trailer. Sure. It's... And it was such a surprise, especially in theaters. It was like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? Yeah, because uh, Rob Zombie definitely I, I, went say... straight comedy, but Eli Roth went like, yeah. I'm gonna take. You know, a bunch of things we've definitely seen in horror movies, tweak them a little bit so they're like a little, you know, a little grosser, a little more like disgusting, and then just make it funny within that context. It reminds me of, um, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, comparing that with like uh, Deep Murder that came out this year. It's like. I still haven't seen that. I, I do need to check that out. Yeah, like Deep Murder is a horror movie that takes place on the set of a softcore porn movie, but it's like, it's not like the, the cameras are filming a softcore porn and then like, you know, there's a killer on the loose. It's like the, the set is like this mansion that they're all trapped in because like they're in Mm. the universe of this, you know, of the softcore porn movie and they're stuck with their, you know, porn tropes. There's like the, the hot mom, (laughs) The sex fiend, the like, the horny doctor, and then the babysitter, and you know the Those the soft core the movies. kid who's being babysat, who's older than the babysitter. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, you gonna put me to bed or what? 
And then there's, yeah, and then there's, like, the really, really dumb detective, too. It's, like, all, it's all there, and they just use the whole thing as a set piece for, like, really ridiculous kills. It's, it's great. That's great. But they're all... That's, that brings back so many memories. They're all stuck in their, in their tropes. Like, they can't, they're, like, trying to, you know, self-actualize and, like, you know, understand the reality around them, but they're, like... They're trapped in the house because of a hurricane that's not actually happening. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're not allowed to leave the house. And then like people show up to the house and then they're like, wait. <laughs> and they're like, they just barely are, are figuring out how to navigate the world around them that they're, you know, um, to their perspective, they're stuck in. And yeah. in reality, they're not. <laughs> but... <laughs> They think they are, because that's the yep. only thing they know. That's that's how it felt when I was a kid. Okay, so, like, this is bringing back memories of when I would, like, stay over at uh, aunt and uncle's house or something where I'm sleeping in the family room or something, the living room, and, and I've got access to TV. And, of course, my aunt and uncle have, you know, all the channels because they're more rich or however you want to say that. But uh, Uncle, Con- regardless Uncle of this, Conrad I, and Aunt Jenny, right? Hell Yeah. And uh, Conrad's like, okay, well, just don't order any pay-per-view movies. And of course, I wouldn't do that. But they did have Skinamax, sort of, si- and and I, you know, they, they, on the channel Cinemax. I want to spell it S I N, you know, because it's always dirty things happening. So, so there are these movies. And I want to say this one was called like Stormy Nights or something, right? Where there are two female leads. Um, and one of them is the the sex crazed woman who is always like in the really uh, over the top lingerie that has so much texture to it and and like so many pieces to it like for no reason and she walks in oh I didn't know you were here and here's the cop who's trying to figure out if she killed somebody or not and he's like oh I shouldn't be doing this but uh okay and it's like it's supposed to be this badass cop and he's the fucking dumbest dude who just gives in to any sort of sexual contact yeah. uh, all all the while there's there's lightning and and a, and, and a pitter patter of rain on the the glass windows along you know through candlelight do you see these people breathing heavily back and forth you never actually see anything going on but watching these movies as a kid like i'm watching it for the boobs and stuff but as i'm watching i'm getting so pissed off because they're just bad movies there's like no point that's when i started realizing that i guess i wasn't like other kids where i'm like i can't watch softcore porn or any sort of porn really that has that's supposed to have a plot because there's no way that i can enjoy that because i'm just so pissed off with how terrible something is concocted you know these these tropes i don't know there's well i mean i think in the in the later ones like i i think there was like a turning point like in the early 2000s where they just they did become so self-aware that they just made it a comedy movie with with boobs and like non-penetrative sex and they just like took that and rolled with it because i did see one at one point called busty cops and these three (laughs) like giant boobed police officers all get into a shower together and then one of them just grabs a carton of eggs and just starts cracking eggs on the other (laughs) and it's like one like one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen like in a movie at all because there's no there's no other movie where you would be able to do that. They're like, 
you know, what's the craziest thing that we could put in this movie? And that would never work in any other context. But they're like, oh, fuck it, eggs. Why not? And it it's well, great. There's a, <laughs> there's a video that uh, Dan Harmon alerted me to, which was uh, he's t- he's talking at some point during one of his Harmontown live podcast things. And he's talking about this particular video. Friend that of later the show, Dan Harmon. Found yeah well yes i want to say best friend but yeah. he hasn't said if i'm okay if it's okay to say that but i have i didn't actually say it yet i'm just saying that's what i want to say um so don't get upset dan, i have yet. photographic evidence that dan Harmon is my friend so yeah you won't let me see it because you say it's a dirty picture yeah uh he it was talking about this cuck porn where there's a guy who comes in, the husband and wife. The husband comes in with a helmet on and a hoverboard, one of those little wheelie things that explode on underneath you. Yeah, when you charge him, yeah. And he's he's rolling around, and this other guy's saying, like, hey, well, I don't know what we should do, but maybe get rid of this nerd. And, like, I can't do it justice. You just have to find this clip, like, Dan Harmon, cuck. But this guy is rolling around the scene just bumping into shit non-stop and, and Wait, he's is, just, that whoa, the, whoa. is that the cucker or the cucky the cucky the cucky is on the hoverboard the yeah <laughs> and the cucker is is like uh he's he's saying uh yeah looks like a real nerd like he just keeps making <laughs> he's trying to like make jokes and dan Harmon points out like no this guy on the hoverboard has in- complete control over this scene and as he's like bumping into shit and making stuff fall off of a shelf or whatever like he's messing up the cucker's lines and he's like stuttering and stuff over these things because there's this guy with glasses and a polo shirt and he's just oh, 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 just zipping around on this hoverboard <laughs> it's the craziest shit i've ever seen and it took porn to a whole nother level where i wish people would just be doing that every time like like instead of trying to make a, a feasible plot of any way even even like you know the 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 big companies out there the big websites it's like oh i was just jogging and i accidentally fell and oh somebody fell on top of me in the middle of this forest or whatever uh I, I'd, I'd much rather have like just make it absolutely ridiculous and and have no because just have fun is what i'm yeah trying to say. but yeah i mean that like I don't know. You've said something inspiring to me. Maybe we should make porn. Um, Because, like, why not just have... It's, like, absolute freedom to do anything that you want. And the the only thing you have to do is, like, have some boobs in it. And then have people, like, kind of touching each other. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, it kind of goes back to, like, the room, but... You know, Tommy Wiseau had no idea what he was making when he made that, but, you know, it kind of goes into that of just, like, you know, just, like, fuck it, do whatever. Well, this brings me, this is what, I was, I was trying to find something right now, and I, I found them. This brings me to uh, one of the best things that have happened, I'll say, arguably, to the internet and porn, uh, specifically, which is this guy named Ryan Creamer. It might be Kramer, but it's spelled like, you know, a creamer. Uh, this guy like Maxwell on... House. Well, Maxwell House is spelled M-A-X-W-E-L-L. 
space h o u s e yes um and his last name is spelled c r e a n e r so oh. you're right it's pretty close yeah. okay i get you yeah <laughs> but this guy uh just going to pornhub and type this guy's name in ryan creamer he uh has videos like uh i'm gently kissing your head after i put you to bed good night and like his videos are just him it, it, it's like uh you're ex- expressing sexual desire towards me and I say no thank you and that's the whole video is him just uh here's me washing dishes for a while and he just every once in a while just kind of looks at the camera and smiles as he's just continuing to do these dishes in the sink and it's just the most wholesome sweetest funniest shit uh and it, and he now <laughs> He's 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 completely verified on Pornhub. He uh, has gotten. He, I think he's starting to get ad revenue from it just because of these silly videos. And he has no porn in any of his videos whatsoever. Uh, he has a fucking Letterman jacket with PH on the breast. Like uh, this guy is the best, and exactly what I wish more people would would um, attach themselves to this the silliness of. You know, porn itself is already just the dumbest, silliest shit yeah. out there. The concept of it alone is like, okay, to stimulate my own masturbation, I'm going to watch somebody else have sex. I mean, that's that's pretty silly. That's rather animal and, and, and odd. Uh, I'm not going to knock it at all because everybody does it. I do it all the time. But um, it's it's so great to me to, to see people doing these things, to have fun with this. Uh, something that should be, that is mostly taken as... as uh, either serious or just completely, um, you know, your, your grandma's not going to be talking about this, but you might be able to talk to, about Ryan Creamer with your grandma after showing her some clips. Yeah, this is, um, it's interesting because I overheard a conversation which, like, I think it's, like, from that person's perspective, I think they're kind of missing the point, but this guy's like, yeah, I mostly watch solo girl stuff because, you know... I don't want to watch somebody fuck my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there should be I mean, like we're going more. On tangent right like, now, but... Yeah, but I I feel like yeah that like that silliness of everything should be fully embraced. Um, and like in every category of art, I feel yeah, and especially like when someone is really really into doing something and it's the most ridiculous thing, like. Like, um, girls sucking on dildos is, like, it's so far removed that it's just, like... <laughs> and Especially if it's one of those, like, weird giant dragon dick dildos. Like, have you seen those things with, like, horns and scales all over it and stuff? And it's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, I can't picture my penis looking like that as you are touching it. So, no, well, that's not going to work. speak for yourself. Um, I'm sorry. But, uh, but yeah, no, that... That stuff is hilarious because it's so far removed from, like, you know, what... I don't know. Maybe someone... I mean, I don't want to, like, yuck anyone's yum because, like, I'm sure people enjoy no. that. But it's, like, you know, in in a certain context, I could see it. But, like, it's just the funniest thing in the world to me. And, like, you know, she's super into it. Like, she thinks it's the hottest thing in the world and, like, I don't know. It's just it's just fucking silly. Like at its roots, like if you if you dissect it, then um, yeah, it's it's just fucking funny. <laughs> well, I I think across all the arts, I think this should be done. Like it's it's already happening a little bit with with some of these giant blockbuster movies. I mean, hell, Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, 
that they're, they're, they've figured it out, which is like, these are movies, this is entertainment, we can do whatever the fuck we want, there's no reason to take this seriously, and because of that, it gets that much better, like, you know, I, I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw yet, but goddamn, am I excited to see that, and, and the fact that they are now introducing, like, sci-fi elements, it's only a short time until they're, like, in space with, like, spaceships and cars crashing into each yeah. other or whatever, but, like, Fast and the Furious, I mean, even fashion, there's somebody, um... Shouts out to Nicole McLaughlin on Instagram. They create these uh, these bits of fashion, footwear, and and things. Like, let me show you this real quick. Oh, pardon me. But just to to give you an example, if you can see this, this is a sandal. Can you see this at all? What is happening? That's a tray of Oreos. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a tray of Oreos that that is substituting the strap uh on the top of a sandal and they make um just the most ridiculous things. Here's a shoe that is uh it's also a sandal and the top of it is a deflated basketball that has a pump attached to it. Whoa. <laughs> And it's like, why the hell do you need to take fashion seriously? Why the hell do you need to take movies seriously? Like, you've got uh, friends of the show, the Sloppy Boys. Yeah. Uh, their, their music, while, uh, you know, semi-serious, you know, 95% of it is it's, it's a joke about rock and roll and partying and whatnot. And it's, and it's so good. Them and... Uh, Don't uh, Stop or We'll Die. Uh, and, exactly, and which they... they're now forming a super group. Together? Yes. Whoa! Don't don't slopper will die. <laughs> I they're they're going on tour and they, I want to say that they're coming near town, but they uh yeah they're together. Like who the fuck? What if you told me that there was going to be a comedy band supergroup? That doesn't make sense to me until seeing this actually happen. You know, like that's yeah. And I'm loving this world right now for the most part. And some of um you know don't stop or will die makes fucking beautiful songs and it's like yeah they had a hard time booking shows because they like rode that line between music and comedy so finely that they it was like you know who do you have <laughs> open for them who do you have them open for yeah. and now that the sloppy boys are around too they're they can both go on tour together because they yeah. you know they could just play <laughs> together tour. yeah yeah it's great. I, and rest I, in peace, I'm friend in of the love. show, Harris Whittles. Uh, former drummer. That that it, former drummer of Don't you know, Stop or We'll Die. Harris is not not to go deeper into this this uh tangent and, and to get sad or anything because yeah. uh fuck it. But dude, Harris Whittles is one of the first people to uh go you know uh pass on, uh, if you will. You know, he, he's the first person who's died in a long time that has actually affected me to be right. like, upset about it. Yeah. Uh, what a what a gem of a guy that person. There's it's Fucking pretty much every fun. day. I still say, you know, some form of a Harris Whittles joke. Hey, you had me at come on, guys. <laughs> what a genius! I'm in love with that man, and uh, I hope uh, I hope he's not you know shacking up with some super hot babe in heaven because when i get there i want to hang out a lot with him you know yeah um uh, but uh I, I go ahead yeah keep go going ahead. please go ahead no 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 no, no James, i don't want i'm saying 
I'm just getting the show back on track. I'm, but I'm saying to get the show back on track. Uh, I'm saying go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, back to the Love Witch. <laughs> that thing we were talking about. Love Witch. We were talking about 20 minutes ago. Um, no, my my favorite scene in it is like she does these weird narrations and she's making uh, what we will later yeah. find out is a uh, a witch bottle. Um, she pees in this bottle and then her voiceover is like, most men have never seen a used tampon, drops that in the bottle, and then it's left at the scene of one of her crimes. And a detective yeah. picks it up and he's just like, oh, what is this? And has no <laughs> idea what he's looking at. <laughs> And yeah, to find out that it's a witch bottle, he takes it to a scientist who has a giant shelf of books uh, and and says, hey, do you know anything about this? I, I thought you might have an idea. And he takes it, opens up the top, takes a little whiff. Well, that's a witch bottle. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect execution. And, and, and this is, and it is... Talk about riding the line of like funny and serious. Like It's just so on the nose, tongue in cheek, but, but so well done. Yeah, and it's not, there's not jokes in it. It's just written in a very, very funny way. And everybody is just on board with it. Like, there's no, yeah. um, you know, there's no breaking of They're anything. playing the role seriously. Yeah, they're playing it seriously, but because they all know, they all know it's a comedy, but no one is acknowledging that it's a comedy. Yeah, let, let's just say, uh, for, for clarification, this, this is a movie that uh, observedly gets... Uh, it takes place within the 60s or like late 60s, right? The, the, the colors inform you of that, the, the grain of the film, the clothing, everything. Um, and with those movies from the 60s and even 70s, you know, the again, like these exploitation sort of like schlocky, more, uh, you know, outside the realm of, of just regular pop culture movies and stuff. Uh, the acting was never really super on point and... There are a lot of quote-unquote problems with these things. And a lot of movies who try and tackle this, uh, or like an homage to those things, uh, put put too many jokes into it and actually feature things that are supposed to be jokes and are supposed to be things that you're laughing at, like just shoving it in your face almost. Whereas Love Witch uh, takes this idea of things that are slightly off and, and does it as dryly as possible, and it, and it works all the better for that. Um, and yeah, there are a couple times that I, I've laughed out loud harder than I have in any regular comedy movie just because the the execution of the acting, especially with, yep, that's a witch bottle, like little things like that is so perfect. Uh, I, I'm in love with this movie. The look of it, the feel of it, the music. Yeah, and everything hits. And she, like, you don't really see many cars. She's driving like a, like a 60s Mustang. And then there's like another yeah. guy who's driving like a early 70s like cutlass or something like that and then later on a police car pulls up and it's from like the early 2000s <laughs> it's like i just, did not catch yeah. that i need to rewatch this movie bad <laughs> holy cow uh no i i think they got everything perfect i mean down to the lighting the fact that they have this like red rim lighting on everything to give it this weird warmth uh, and and satanic undertones or a 60s version of satanic undertones yeah you know? totally uh these these bright colors that are haloed with this omnipresent red like at all times is just... that that rug with all the uh it's got the whole like um satanic map on it 
With all of the, yeah. yeah, the, like, satanic compass, basically. This woman also has these amazing paintings that she's doing where... where uh, Yeah, I was going to mention the paintings. so thing. simplified, but the colors are crazy. Just and these, they're, like... pentagram. And they're not good. <laughs> like, her paintings no. are not, like... It's so, but, but like... But somehow... It's perfect they for... They are so on point. Yeah. Like, like within movies like this from the 60s and, and late 50s or whatever, like, when you have something like this and somebody shows, oh, this is a painting that somebody did, uh-oh, like, it's always off because, you know, these these movies aren't made by fantastic artists, let's say. A lot of these movies were just made by some dude who's, like, you know, scratching his ass while he's, he's uh, what am I trying to say here? I don't know where, where, where I'm going with this hilarious joke, but um, people trying to, uh, uh, oh, fuck. Forget it, James. I'm done. I my brain exploded and it's not working anymore. But yeah, it's ah. Here we go. The painting. Yeah. Sorry, the paintings <laughs> where with these original. The, I'm these leaving all this, this in, is, by this the is, way. <laughs> oh God, the movies that this is quote unquote making fun of or whatever homage and satire to when they would have a painting and it was supposed to be like a MacGuffin of the of the movie. It was always not a great painting. Like there was never a a masterwork shown as much as it's just like, okay, who can make uh, this? We, we, we forgot to get a painting for this scene. Who's going to paint this in a day? And uh, you know, the best boy says, Oh, I think I could do it. And he uses it's like, I, or something. Yeah. You know, I took an art class in high school <laughs> and he's the one person out of the entire crew somehow who's actually ever had an art class. And so he's the only person who's technically call qualified, but it doesn't work out. And so it's always odd what's up on screen. And they, they somehow captured all of that within these illustrations. Yeah, and it on the and it totally they could have just made her like, you know, have the character paint like abstract like nothingness, sure. but it was just like this really it was like this weird mixture of like um like old English like what you would um yeah, what you would find in like, you know, some sort of medieval depiction of like, you know, this is what a witch looks like this is what to watch out for like mm-hmm. a very old like something that had to be simple in order for them to like you know recreate you know multiple times like they wouldn't be able to yeah. you know if they this like big tome or whatever they wouldn't be able to make very many copies of it so it's like a very very simple drawing and it like goes back to that but it's also like oh man it's it's so good and like what you said with the colors like everything's super washed out there's not much like shading on the paintings it's like all very two-dimensional yeah. looking but it's very saturated yeah like all and not, very not just dark paintings, outlined and yeah there there are sets in this if if memory serves uh correctly i want to say that there's some sets in here that just have like a giant orange wall or like a yellow wall contrast with like somebody's bright blue shirt you know yeah like these these bold weird oversaturated i mean even the makeup the makeup that that every woman has is so good because it's just this weird hint of blue all the time which always perplexed me like you know as a kid watching these exploitation movies and being like who the fuck did this makeup like this sucks but them doing it in this homage this homage the satire this this cross between the two uh when it's done well it's done well and what we're trying to say is this love witch movie is definitely one of those uh, on the top of the list that pulls this off yeah i i highly recommend it it's it's really it's fantastic especially if you have any interest in like a cult or magic with a k or uh 
just the the vibe of this movie in general i mean i i think a lot of people this is going to be one of those uh unknown sort of gems that are going to be sitting out there for a while before it gets super culty yeah and i don't i mean i don't know if i got had a super interest in it because i'm a little bit of of a magician myself but um but no like it I think outside of that context, it's just very well, like everything about it is done so well. Like everybody can find something they like out of it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, let me just go back real quick. You as a ma- magician, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've pulled a rabbit out of my hat once or twice. Okay. So just for your, for me to ask your personal uh, opinion as a magician yes now let's say i have this hat mm-hmm. um and with this hat what would you judging judging by looking at this hat uh what would you be able to pull out snake of it? quick very yeah. quick too okay. i mean you must be a magician you can show you me any to... sort of container or hat and i could tell you what i could pull out of it that's okay um how about this Mouse. hat well it, well perfect uh, those who who can't see us, uh, I, I pulled up a hat, but it's it's more of a, a, a sm- small hat. Shallow, shallow would I would say it. it's a very shallow hat. Shallow. Uh, that's um, when when I am walking on the beach and a mermaid comes out of the water. Um, my salutation is usually shallow. I was the mermaid. Well, we'd like to introduce you to our first sponsor. Um, We're gracious enough to uh, have someone uh, sponsor us. Uh, We're talking about Groovebox. It's a a monthly subscription service. You can go to groovebox.dog and, uh, yeah, you pay a monthly fee and uh, they will send you instruments. I mean, I've gotten a trombone from this company. One time they sent me one of those giant marching band uh drum bass drums uh but yeah Groovebox. if you want to start a band one man band i mean they do have a plan you get one piece at a time uh one day you'll just get like a weird pedal and a cable next day you're gonna get a symbol to attach to a hat uh but Groovebox, they're just great um i highly recommend them um you know if you sign up early you can get a hundred dollars off and they'll send you a bass guitar Back to the show. Hi, guys. We're back with the show. And we're here talking. I'm here uh, talking to James. We were talking illusions. When we, uh, we were talking illusions. Yes. We were talking about illusions to other works of film. Uh, we were talking about illusions of magic. Uh, we were talking... Uh, you know, you might hear a, an advertisement here and there and, and, and talking about hi-hats, um, which reminds me, as a musician, as a magician, just to get back to what we were talking about right as before, a you know. musician magician, yes. A musician You, uh, hi-hat. How, what take, what are you going to take out of that? What am I going to take out of a hi-hat? Ooh, a uh, yeah. squirrel. Now, these are all rather... They, <laughs> Is it specifically like is your uh, uh, the the stuff that you work with? Is that solely uh, just animals, like small rodent animals? Well, what else are you gonna pull out of a hat? 
Okay, well, I'll show you right here if I just get this hat up. Okay, and I'll unzip my hat. Mm -hmm. Hold on. And uh, this is your normal baseball cap, your zippered baseball cap. And check out what I'm going to pull. Okay? Are you watching yeah, here? I'm watching. Okay, well. Oh, starfish. Is... Yes, a starfish kazoo. Also an animal. That's the starfish song that you can play on the starfish kazoo. Hmm. Uh, but it is an animal. Uh, but it's dr it's dead and dried, um, and the kazoo was glued on top of it. So, um, but that's the sort of thing that I try and work with and it was just interesting to me to 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 think about you just doing uh small furry things well um i mean contrary to what you might believe it's um it's using like a small Ooh. portal like a tiny black hole wormhole kind of thing and you'd think inanimate objects would be like better reassembled but actually like yeah mammals work better i mean it when i started off things kind of turned inside out but I figured that out, and, you know, most of the stuff, you know, if it is a furry animal, most of it comes out with all its fur on. Can we go to that magic shop when you're trying to return uh, one of these uh, tricks? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, ding, ding. Ah! Caleb! You're here again to buy some tricks? Yes, I would like some illusions. Caleb, back again. How um, did the uh, well, rabbit trick work? Hmm? Uh, well, my name is James. I know it's been a while since I've been here, but I mean, you know what? If you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna call me Caleb, I'm fine with that. But I'm actually, you. Uh, I don't really mm -hmm. want anybody else to hear this, but I'm oh, looking okay. yes, for. <clears throat> yeah. I'm looking for some illusions that will. Uh, Impress some girls. What kind uh, of girls? Uh, women. Mm. Now, what kind of age are we talking here? Um, of legal age in the state that we're in. Tall. Tall. Um. Okay. Mm. All right. Let me. I'll get. I real think specific. I might have just the trick. Okay. I'm looking for a goth girlfriend. I mean, I figured. I figured Whoa. magic is the best way. Okay. You're like all black. I, got I mean, I think. I think thing. a top hat is a way to go. Is there anything I can pull out of a top hat? Okay, I've got just the thing. Yes. This top hat here, just right. Uh -huh. Okay, hold on. Let me. This is not just an ordinary top hat. For if I if I turn it around to the front, yes. As you can see, it's got gears Ooh, on it. Yes. Very popular with some I of these. Heard, I uh, heard women love gears. They love them because, especially when you're wearing it on your head, you realize that you've got the gears. It's almost as if they can see your brain turning, mm. right? And they they realize, oh, this guy's got it. This guy's got it. Uh, so, so let me show you, I, I've got a couple ideas. Let me just run mm -hmm. them past you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. By, by just showing you, uh, sure. uh, I'll, I'll just pretend as if, uh, we were doing a trick here. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, fine lady. Your mascara is very thick today. I see the geared hat that I've taken off my head. 
Oh, not to worry. My he- my my brain still works fine, even with the gears off of it. But uh, that's besides the point. As I'm going to bring out a small uh, cat, a cute cat, but also evil-looking cat. But also, if you look closely, it's wearing. Now look closely at it. It's wearing a uh, a Jack Skellington costume. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. Now, now, do I have to? Do I have to buy one... the cat too? You got to provide your own cat. Okay. But this costume is rather stretchy, so you could even put it on a small dog. So, so, so. I just, the key, I just need well, the hat, I and then I just need to figure out how to manifest a cat. Okay, I mean, I think I'm. Yeah, how much is it? Easy, right? <laughs> Uh, well, with without the cat, hmm. Let me just uh, let me just try and press this here. Calculate and ah, sixteen dollars and seventy-two cents here. Whoa, that's a bargain. I'm gonna. Do they come in any other colors? Uh, yes. There's a red one. The, well, the okay. The regular black one, of yes. course, right? This one here. Uh, then there's also uh, red, mm-hmm. of course, like a velvet red. Okay, nice little little sheen to it, but it, but roughed up just just enough to have that little bit of edge that uh, the goth girls might like. You know, a little bit of punk. So if fancy you were to if it. you were a goth woman, like what color would you want to see well, on a, a I'm on t- a hat like this? This is the next num- hat number three yes. is the one that okay. I would choose, and this is a checkered black and red Ooh. now i feel like that covers many bases along with the interior of it as you can see is pure pure thick black velvet i'm sold which can also be blue for the the, the real strange ladies out there <laughs> blue velvet um, uh, i'm gonna take it i'll take it yeah ring me up no, now well I've you got, have to pay I've for got, it well yeah i i've got cash right here here. No, you can't just take it, Caleb. You have to pay for it. Here's, here's. I told you the price. Yeah, here's sixteen seventy-five. Oh. keep the change. <laughs> As always, Caleb, you are just the nicest, sweetest, most generous boy that I've me- ever met. I've met plenty of small boys, and I think that you might be the sweetest boy that I've met. Okay, well, I would like I to will, thank you for um, making this old man feel so much better, and uh, uh, I, I always just really enjoy the company. Okay, I'll, uh, as long as this is uh, all of us, if we just stay together for a while, I, you know, take the hat, learn the magic, and uh, I, I don't know uh, what else to... Um, yeah, I okay. You're just making me so um, happy, Caleb. I'll see you don't next go. time, Doug. Please don't. No, but don't. I'm gonna don't leave now. Soon. Ding ding. Please come back sometime. <laughs> and scene. Whoa, that was. And we're back yeah, here. Yeah, we are back. Wow, what a long scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh. Man, that's a weird. That's a weird flashback to have. I mean, that's that's a weird. Look, we flashed back and we we saw a glimpse of your childhood. Uh, interesting that there wasn't so much animals turned inside out. So it must have been a little bit after. You know, th- you must have been in the game for a while. Yeah, yeah, I was. 
what do you want to do? I think we could, like, kind of continue this next time around. Maybe make this uh, kind of two-parter about this whole aesthetic. You know, I think there's a we, lot of we things. We could totally do that. I think there's a lot of things we could still talk about. Um, so I'd be done with that. Um, there are, and just as a little teaser, I would like to say I know that one movie that we'll be talking about, uh, or that, that I would love to talk about, um, is a personal favorite of both of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandy. Oh yeah, we will definitely. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, we need to spend. Maybe make that a. Uh, that could be a pretty big episode. That there. we could do part two just about Mandy. It'll be pretty hefty. Yeah, with Mandy. But I, yeah, I think that's pretty good. We could call this the the love bomb or the beach witch. This episode. Ooh, beach witch. Love love bummer beach witch. That will be the name of the episode. Beach Witch, uh, and uh, if anybody... Hey, Beach Witch, Sandwich, sounds the same to me, huh? Both things have sand. Who who doesn't Uh, love bum? I do love it. Let's do a scene about that. Except if you're talking... Just kidding. Okay. Uh, ding, ding, hi. Welcome to the <laughs> butt store, where we have plenty of butts and bums for you to take a look at. And uh, uh, d- 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 don't, uh, if you break it, you buy it. Watch um, out. Uh, I'm looking for something special. Okay, come here. Right. Get closer. Get closer. Um, something special. I, you, huh? I heard you have a back room. I'm looking for some rumps. A back rub? No, that's I'm looking a next for some, door. No, I'm looking for some rumps. Ooh. Now, let me just ask you. Now, this is a pressing question. Big rumps that take big dumps? Yes. Okay. Uh, let me call somebody real quick. Sure. Ah, hello, Jessica. Do you know where your dad is? Let me talk to him. Thank you. Ah, Jessica's father. Hi. Yes, I have a small man down here asking about big rumps. That's what I thought. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jessica's father. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, I cannot sell uh, this big rump to you. Oh, why? Well... Jessica's dad says, rumps are for chumps. Get out of here. That's what he said. Oh, okay. But, uh, uh, excuse me, hold on. But I will, (laughs) but I said but. Uh, It's my duty, dang it. Uh, It's my honor to give you the the clearest, cleanest, nice, but uh, here is one right here. Uh, this lovely... Get away! No, it's, just come here. It's be- Dad, stop! It's beautiful. It is my son. My son's butt. Stop. I don't want you to touch... I told you I didn't want to do this anymore. No, 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 no. Oh, but Jacob, come can here. You, can you just, uh... Can you wrap it in a bag? You do discreet packaging. Oh, well... We could. Uh, I'd have to ask him. He is 19. Well, uh, that's and so, good. And he's, he's one of those environmentalist kids. Uh, you know, 
Wait, I, I wish whoa, I wish whoa, I were whoa, more like on, my hang on, brother hang on, hang and on, have a magic wait. store. Is he a vegetarian? I guess if that's what you call it, where he eats nothing but tomatoes and rice. That butt won't cut. I'm out. Ding ding. Cut. Print. That was good. Really good. That was real that good. That was really good. Uh, one last little tiny yeah, thing sure. here. I, I forgot. I don't think we've done this in a while, maybe, but I maybe we have. Have you got a two for two? Oh, shit. I didn't plan one. Um, but yeah, I could do one real fast. I'll start if you, if you need a um, little time to... Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Very easy. Uh, you're gonna hear this guy's name a lot, uh, coming up soon, if you haven't already. His name is Colin Stetson. He's a saxophonist who recently has done, uh, most notably the soundtrack for Hereditary. Everybody's talking about that movie still, somehow. Uh, the soundtrack is great, but what's even better is this guy's uh, solo work where he has one of those big saxophones, one of the big ones, uh, that he mics up the keys, and so as he's pressing these pedals around, uh, he, he uses that as uh, rhythm, uh, uh, percussion rather, uh, and he's got his mic set up to his mouth, uh, his throat as well. So as he's blowing with the craziest circular breathing, he's blowing. Then he screams a little bit at the same time. So it's almost as if he's he's playing like four different instruments at one time, but it's just one man, one saxophone. Amazing stuff. Colin Stetson, this guy. Colin with only one L there. That's that's my that's my music. Okay. You, you got you got something? Um, yet? Well, I'm gonna do uh, two albums. Um, so why don't you go ahead and do your second one? Perfect. Okay. I I might say that my uh, second thing that I will talk about. Ah, here we go. Okay. Here's here's something that I I I saw a lot of terrible reviews for. So much like just the the ratings alone made me not want to read articles about it. And the more that I thought about it, the more I wanted to see this flick. This is Under the Silver Lake, um, which is has got. Uh, what's his name? Gar- Andrew Garfield in it, and uh, directed by the man who did uh, the. Uh, oh my goodness! The the, mu- the music was done by Disaster Piece. It follows. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. That, that recent horror movie yeah, that yeah. that kind of bucked the trend and got really crazy. Yeah. So this is his second movie. Um, this guy's name, of course, uh, being. Uh... Holy cow! My. <laughs> Just trim this up a little bit for me, if you will. Uh, what's his name? David Robert Mitchell uh, is the director here, and uh, it's it's a it's a neo noir in the greatest sense. It's 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 a strange talk about like love letter to stuff. This is a love letter to Hitchcock and a, a tiny bit of Tarantino, but mostly uh, '40s and '50s like uh, detective movies where one thing after another just doesn't make sense and it starts lining up and then there's another twist and it reminds me of like uh old ryan johnson work like like brothers bloom or brick uh and and i've heard nothing but terrible things about it had to check it out myself and i was thoroughly impressed by this thing is it perfect no but is it a very entertaining and very fresh uh even while you know redoing some of these tropes of like the old noir movies it's still very fresh and weird and cool and it has a lot of really neat commentary on Hollywood in general, um, and, and hey, maybe this could be also a great uh, double feature with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in a way, if you will. 
Maybe yeah. Uh, a couple different eras here, but but both love letters to old Hollywood, and it's uh, it, I think it's worth taking a look, no matter what you've heard about it. I think it's worth taking a look. That's what I have to say. That's my two for two. It looks like it's uh, looks like it's not. Both of these things are not out yet, but I'm just uh, gonna preemptively. Oh. There's some uh, singles out with them. Uh, first one is going to be um, Black Marble's new album. It's oh, called man, uh, Bigger Than Life. Um, there's a couple singles on Spotify available now, so you can check it out. Um, I'm not sure when that will be released, but in, I'm thinking probably sometime later this month or maybe in October. Uh, but great, kind of um, mm. a really smooth electronic band. Um, I've seen them live a couple times, and they put on a great show. So if they're playing in your area, definitely check them out. Uh, my second one is going to be uh, some friends of mine that are coming out with their uh, debut uh, LP on uh, Captured Tracks. That's uh, Hexes. Um, it's called Year uh. of the Witch. Um, they do have... Uh, I believe you can listen to a single right now on Bandcamp. Um, but yeah, that should be great. Um, uh, Hexes. They're, These guys, uh, friend of the show. Yeah, they released an EP earlier this year on Captured Tracks and... Uh, yeah, it's fantastic, and they're good friends of mine, friends of the pod. Um, but uh, yeah, He's really, good. also really cool look for people. if they're coming around town to and into one of your guys's towns because if these guys are touring, it's a live spectacle to to behold. It's these uh, these guys are great. I'm so happy that you introduced me to these uh, yeah uh, friends of yeah. I mean, streams. literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In person, yeah. physically. Yeah, and they're they're very shook. cool, and they um, yeah, they're based out of Kansas City now, but they just you know, just pack up in their van and just kind of live on the road like most of the year. It's yeah, they're very rad people. So if you can't catch them in your town, great like, people. Yeah, they're great people. Great music. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a pretty good one there. Yeah, I think I like uh, I. Yeah, it's, two albums. Nice. I think that uh, that about wraps it up. Bye. Bye. <laughs>